What's going on, guys? I do not want to start this podcast off with down energy, and it's not down, but I'm just going to get right into it. I feel like really fucking weird. (laughs) I feel a little lost today. I feel very uncomfortable. I just realized that there's a lot of things I need to hold myself accountable for in my life. And I'm going to share what a lot of those realizations that I made today have been. The last couple weeks haven't necessarily been the easiest. And I mean, well, some of them were fine. You know, I'm not going to sit here and act like my life is fucking ass. It's great. It's really, it's not bad. But I think that I've taken a very, very deep focus on what has really been happening to me and a deep self-reflection to the point where I'm recognizing that I have a lot of things in my life that I can improve and take accountability for. And to be honest today, like, you know, there was just moments where I just felt blank and I just felt lost. You know, I was looking at social media. I was like looking through my TikTok profile and, you know, something like hit me. You know, I've had 1.1 million followers on there for a long time. Like I've stayed at the same place on that platform for a very long time. No growth, right? Just at the same amount of followers, you know, sometimes up, sometimes down, sometimes up, sometimes down. But, you know, just in general, like haven't really made any movement. And I think I recognize something about myself and just my energy and my effort towards my life. I don't know what has happened and I know I've obviously made progress in my life and I don't want to sit here and discount all of the hard work and the effort that I've put in and made towards the things that I'm doing. But I I do truly feel today, I think I had this realization that I've been stuck in the same patterns and in the same bullshit and I have not fixed a lot of my problems that I've had for multiple years. And that's real. And what I mean by that is, from a work perspective, from a relationship perspective, I'm having a lot of the same things, same issues reoccur in my life. Let's start with maybe some of the things that have happened in my relationships, and this will kind of wrap everything up towards the end about just like my work and my life. But the reason that I mentioned my work in the first place um, was because I was like just looking and, and just, I had this thought. I was like, Wow. Am I even really trying? And that might sound kind of dumb because, yeah, obviously I'm posting videos every day and it it just, you know, I'm doing something, right? I'm putting in the effort. I'm doing something. Getting my coaches. I'm doing my, my, my thing, right? But I feel like I don't have that same energy towards it that I used to have. And I don't know if that's natural and that's normal. But I've realized that, like, this used to be my dream. I think that somewhere deep inside me, like I always felt that, you know, I would never stop or I I was going to reach this place. If I get to a million followers, I'll be good. Everything's going to be fine. I push myself and I push myself and I push myself. Now I've hit this place where, you know, I reached a really big height and it almost seems like I've gotten really comfortable. I've gotten really comfortable with the attention that I've got. I've gotten really comfortable with just cranking things out and not 
putting as much thought into it as I used to, I'm not waking up with the same energy that I used to. I even think over the last like couple months, like I used to wake up, walk, read, meditate, you know, felt really good, was moving, going through the motions, having good habits, healthy habits. And I think that's what's strange is like, you know, I'm saying this to you and you're probably thinking to yourself like, not nah, Chris, like you, you, you show up, you post, you go to the gym. You, I, I mean, I do a lot of healthy things and great things for myself. But I just know the energy that I'm on when I'm on. And it feels like that, that energy, that passion for life, it's just, it's just not the same. I, I, I see it. I see it in the results. And I guess that's what I'm trying to get at with this whole like looking at my TikTok thing. I'm like, where's, where's the passion? Where's the creativity? Where's the energy that I used to have? When I could crank out a, a video a day, two videos a day, and I have more time than I used to back in the day. When I was growing my TikTok account, I was working a full-time job. Now I don't. There's a lot of days where I wake up sometimes and like, yeah, don't get me wrong. I eat healthy. I get to the gym. You know, I'll throw a video out there and I'll take a couple coaching calls every day. But it just seems like I don't have that oomph. I don't have that it factor. I don't have that fucking hungry as a motherfucker energy. And, you know, I want to change that so bad and I, and I almost don't even know how. But beyond that, I look at my relationships and, bro, I am not evolved. I have not evolved, like, like a little bit, for sure. I've definitely learned a lot. I've been a lot better with communication and boundaries and all these things. But when it comes to, I don't know, creating great connections keeping up with friends, keeping up with family. That's almost distant too. Like there's some days I've been waking up lately. I wake up, I roll over, looking at my phone. I'm looking at like, you know, fantasy baseball or fantasy football. I live in this house, fucking four bedrooms alone. People that are important to me text me or they call me. I look at it and I just think, oh, damn. Oh, I got to text them back. There's no energy towards relationships. That's what I'm saying. And, and that's why I guess what I was telling about the work is like, what, what I, I feel like, a, like a meteor that is like burned and is like burning out. And maybe I'm fucking realizing it right now in general that like, maybe I am burnt out. <laughs> I feel burnt out, you know, I, I, like, I know I want to, like, text or call my family. I, I, I don't even get the energy to do it. But I have the energy to sit on the couch and watch sports. You know, I'm fucking scrolling Instagram here and there. That's the thing is, like, it's almost like I feel very selfish for feeling this way. But I, I what I'm trying to express is, it's like almost like I don't have the energy to even keep up with things and people that had, that used to bring me a lot of joy. Such as just like certain friendships, making so many videos, like even doing this podcast today, it took me three hours to get me up and to fucking start doing it. Maybe four. And I don't know why I feel that way. And what's weird, I think some days are definitely better than others. I think my relationship that I've been going through has a lot to do with that too. And honestly, all of my relationships that I've been you know, going through, but honestly, the main one, which is like, 
I believe the last time that we talked, you know, I was talking about how, you know, I was trying to create more friendships and then I had the no contact situation and she visited me for Memorial Day. Here's the thing. And we're going to talk about this deeply today. Like I definitely have very serious trust issues and I'm realizing I have a lot of issues when it comes to intimacy in general. So let's kind of just start with the story and I'll kind of touch on all the different issues I feel like I'm facing when it comes to intimacy and relationships and trust. And let's see if you guys can relate to some of that stuff. But on top of that, I'm also going to tell the story about what is happening to me, why my mood I feel like is affected and just kind of the path on where I'm going forward. And let's see if I could turn over a new leaf by the time we get to the end of this podcast. So, you know, the other girls that I was talking to, and when I say girls, like I, I'm talking about friends, just people in my life that happen to be women, which I think if we want to even take a look at that, like most of my friends are women, which I feel like could be very hard for somebody. And I'm sure there's some sexual connotations to that. But uh, the reality is, is like, I'm not really fucking around with people right now. But anyways, the no contact girl, obviously we rekindled, we reconnected. She books a trip to come out here for Memorial Day. You know, before she had gotten here the week before, you know, there was little moments where I'm like, ah, you know, this, I don't really know about this. She's coming to my house. She's supposed to come to my house for four days for a long weekend. And then she leaves again to Europe, which is where she's at now um, for another three weeks. So she's going to be gone. So before she gets in, it's already like kind of weird energy. I'm thinking in the back of my mind, I'm like, damn, like I, I do like this girl, but you know, obviously there's some things I don't really know about her and I want to get to know her even deeper. Obviously we have a lot of history. We talk all the time. It's not that I don't know her at all. I do know her, but I just don't know her in the context of her living here full time. Right. You know, I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, do I even want to go through with this? Like I do like her and I, and I just, I just know I want to see her. I, I knew in the back of my mind, the reason I broke the no contact was I was like, for some reason I feel this hole and I just need to figure out what, what this is. You know, I reached out to her and I said, hey, like, I don't know what's happening. All I know is that I feel some sort of way. I'm not normal. I don't feel really good. I don't like the way we ended things. And I just need to, like, see you. And that's why I said to her, I don't know where this is going, what's going to happen. I just, I know I need to see you. So we eventually booked this trip. You know, a little bit of uh, nerves and anxiety before her coming here. Friday night before Memorial Day. She's supposed to come Saturday at 11 a.m. I'm out with my boys. I'm like recognizing or thinking I'm like, bro, this girl said, oh, you know, hey, I'm just like the night before she was like, please don't hook up with anybody tomorrow night. Like it's the last night before I'm here or like don't hang out with anybody or don't be around girls. She's like really hammering this into me. I'm like, bro, I don't even like do that like that anyways right now, but whatever. Um, and I'm just thinking that she's just being like, you know, overprotective or whatever it is. Um, so that night she's like, oh, hey, I'm at an event. Uh, my phone might die. I'll text you when I get home. So I'm thinking to myself, all right, cool. Like her time, um, that's about 6 p.m. She said her events at from 6 to 9. Uh, it's, I text her back. I said, let me know when your phone turns on and when you're back home. It's like 10 30, 11 o'clock now. I'm like, 
this is really strange. Why is this girl not home the night before she's supposed to fly to me? I haven't heard anything from her. I'm like, this girl's playing games. I'm freaking out. When this girl is away and she's not with me, I have the most wild anxiety. Like, I'm not joking you. I'm hanging out with my friends, right? I'm with uh, my two friends. We're out. I'm like, I'm showing my friend. I'm like, bro, why is this girl playing games? Like, is this games to you? Like, this is weird. Like, she should be home right now. She told me not to do anything. She said she was going to be home early. I don't know what's going on with this person. So now I'm freaking out a little bit. So her phone turns on. She's like, I'm in an Uber. Uh, it's charging. And uh, I was like, okay, cool. Or then she said, you know, I do have to tell you something when you get a chance. So call me when you're home or something. I actually call her immediately when I'm with my friends and I'm like, what's up? Like, where are you at? And she's like, oh, I'm actually um, in an escalator. Uh, I'm going to my Uber. And I'm like, you just told me you were in an Uber 40 minutes ago. I was like, why are you in another Uber? I was like, where are you in an escalator? Why are you not home? First off, it's 1230 at night or something like that. Her time. I'm freaking out. I'm like, yo, are you lying to me? I said, send me the screenshots of both Ubers. She's like, all right, fine. She hangs up the phone. We hang up the phone. No screenshots. Still acting weird. I'm like, yo, what is going on right now? I'm freaking the fuck out. Like I literally, I have so much anxiety that I'm standing there with my friends and I'm like, dude, and we're talking about it the whole time. I'm like, I don't even know what to do right now. I was like, I was like, if this girl shows up to my, uh, if she flies here tomorrow at 11, uh, she better, if she thinks I'm going to answer that phone, she's got another thing coming to her. I was like, I was thinking in my head, I was like, this is the last time I'm talking to this girl. I was like, if she thinks she's going to pull this the night before she comes here after telling me not to do anything, and I'm just going to pick her up willy-nilly tomorrow, and she's making up this story, and she's out somewhere, I'm like, what is going on? I call her. She's not answering now. I'm like, yo, what is going on? Finally, I text her, and I'm like, yo, call me when you're home. I just... I, my friend was telling me, he's like, bro, you're freaking out. You're freaking out. I feel like this girl likes you. I feel like she doesn't do this. You do this in all of your relationships where you feel like they're doing something and they're not really doing something. This is a pattern for me, by the way. So she's like, uh, I was like, all right, just like call me when you're, you're, you know, home. I forget who calls who. I don't know if I call her or she calls me. I think she calls me. I answered the phone. It's 12. It's almost midnight. I'm like, hello? She's like, where are you? I was like, oh, I'm outside of my house. Where are you? Um, she's like, I don't think you're outside of your house. I was like, yeah, I, yeah, I'm just outside. She's like, I'm outside of your house. I was like, what? I was like, send me your location. Sends me her location. This girl is at my house. She flew a day earlier to surprise me, but... And, and I know everyone's probably just like, that's so cute, whatever, and it is. But I think homegirl was really trying to catch me doing something too. <laughs> because she was telling me the story about how she got to my house, all the lights were off. She was freaking out that she was going to like, she was trying to check my story. She was going to call the cops if there was a girl in here or something like that to try to like get them out of the house. She said she was going to, if there was a girl in my house, she was going to beat them up. <laughs> uh, long story short, I'm like... Uh, I was like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm in my friends. I, the reason that I told her and look at this guys, I lied. Isn't that crazy? I told her in the moment that I was like, oh no, like I'm, you know, at my friends. So my whole rule is 
in the moment, if I'm, if I do lie, I have to immediately rescind it and give it up. Right. Cause I'm fucking human. It's not that in the moment, sometimes I can't, but if I ever do, I never let it linger. And if it, it, there is no way I will ever let it go more than 24 hours. That's my rule. If I ever said something, I'll go back to the person and say, Hey, I, I actually wasn't there. I was doing this, but on the whole, I don't try to do that. I was very emotional in the moment. I'm sitting here making excuses. <laughs> I was very emotional in the moment. And I felt that if I didn't tell her that I was alone and I was with my friends, that she wouldn't tell me that she was lying. So I was trying to make her feel comfortable that I was alone, that she could, you know, air out her dirty laundry. Cause essentially I was like, I know you, you didn't take two Ubers just now. You know what I mean? I was freaking the fuck out. I was like, who the fuck takes two Ubers in 40 minutes at one o'clock in the morning, the night before you're supposed to get on a flight. I was like, this is making no sense. You're telling me you're at a work mixer. Like you're bullshitting me. Yo, my bullshit radar is on a million. And that's what she told me when I saw her too. She's like, I can't get away with anything with you. And the truth is, is just like, I'm that guy. Like, bro, I, I really do have insane trust issues and whatever. Let me finish story. <laughs> so she sends me her location. She's in front of my house. I'm with my boys and I'm like, damn, bro. Like she's actually, I come back in the, in the apartment and I was like, she's actually at my house right now. They're like, what? I told you so. I told you to chill, blah, blah, blah. I drive my friend back. I see her and we have a pretty nice moment. I'm not going to lie to you. Like, you know, I, I parked the car in their garage and her stuff's in the front. She sees me like jumps on me and we just fucking sit there and like make out on my car for probably like 10 minutes, just like sucking face hard. You know what I mean? Like that type of energy, that moment. Um, you know, so the weekend started off very interesting. Um, and obviously in that moment I felt the care and I know that she does, you know, in that moment I, I, I like, I don't even know, man. It was electric. I, that sounds so sus. <laughs> it was electric. Um, but yeah, like go upstairs, like obviously, um, you know, you fucking bang or whatever. Have a good night. She goes to brunch the next day and trust issues come back out. I get home from the gym. She was at brunch. She comes back. I come back. She, I, I walk upstairs and I kind of scared her and she kind of got spooked and her phone was on the counter. Um, and she was texting a number that wasn't saved. And I was like, I was like, I kind of just like held it in. You know, I didn't say anything in the moment, but I, now I, I felt, I felt triggered. So she's like, Hey, like, do you mind if I like take your car? Like, cause I had a coaching call very soon. She's like, Oh, do you mind if I take your car? I got to go to the store. I got to pick up a tampon or some fucking bullshit. <laughs> I was like, sure. I was like, I was like, I was actually like, do you want me to go with you? And she's like, Oh, you don't have to. I was like, no, no, no. Let me come with you. Let me come with you. I get in the car with her. I, we get in the parking lot of the, uh, you know, the CVS. I'm like, yo, what was that? I was like, I know you're doing some shady shit. Like what the fuck was that? She's like, you could look through my phone, like, blah, blah, blah. Like, I wasn't doing anything. Like, I promise, I promise. I was like, I was like, I never do this, but I was like, let me see then. Shows me your phone, go through it. Oh my God, bro. I hate to even admit that. Cause I am not this person, bro. I am not, the, I promise you. And that's why this is so strange is I really don't get like this unless I really feel like 
not at ease. And the reason that I'm not at ease with this situation is we're not fully committed to each other, right? And we're long distance. I don't know what the fuck is happening. I don't really know what she's doing, you know? And we just hadn't seen each other for a month and a half and we were no contact. I see a lot of shit that I didn't really want to see. But it was stuff from when we were not talking. You know, just like bullshit texts with other guys. Whatever. It was nothing rel- like it was nothing that was recent. And it was nothing from the time that we pretty much like kind of rekindled a little bit. But again, we have no boundaries. We weren't dating. We're not dating. So I couldn't hold anything against her in that regard. Still hard for me to see. Um, but the reality is, is she wasn't necessarily really doing anything. So we get past that moment. Saturday comes Saturday night. We go out with her friends. It was a really good time is a vibe. You know, she, I, I feel like she likes to go out. Uh, it's not as excessive as I probably think it is, but she goes out the next day. I got tickets to go out as well because I kind of was a little salty about her like going out. So I was like, Oh, if she's going to go out, then I'm going to go out. But then I ended up inviting her and I ended up doing something I didn't even want to fucking do. I mean, I, I did want to go see the guy, but ultimately I take her out. We go out. Um, oh, and by the way, like she was really loving this energy of us out. Like I was holding her hand. I was being protective. Some guy tried to like touch her in front of me and I like freaked out on him. It was like a fucking, I'm not even going to lie to you. Homie was like six, seven. (laughs) I am not, I am easily a foot shorter than him. Um, like not, maybe not like it wasn't that excessive. I'm holding my, (laughs) here we go. Uh, and she was like, love it. You know what I mean? Whatever. Um, but I, I feel like she just liked the fact that she felt seen. She, she liked the fact that I was out with her, making her feel like she, honestly, I feel like she, she wanted me to go out with her as like kind of a test. Like, am I going to let her just, am I just going to be like hands in my pocket? Like, I don't really know who this is, or am I going to like put her on a pedestal and treat her like my girl? And I felt like maybe she felt very seen and validated in those moments. Anyways, we're out on Sunday again, you know, we're out for like four or five hours, um, I just remember sitting there though and like thinking to myself, like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to be here. I don't want to be out. And we've been talking about this. Like, yo, I'm not, I'm not trying to do that. This is the first time I've been out, you know, in a really long time. I see that she's really enjoying being out. And I'm like, I feel like I'm staying out because I feel like she wants to. Eventually I'm like, yo, like I'm really hungry. Like, let's go home. Like, you know, in the car, my boy then is with us. And he's like, oh, do you guys want to come out later? She's like, you know, I, I'm interested. Like, I'm down. And I'll, she's like, uh, we'll see. Like, I, I'm down for whatever Chris wants to do. We get in the house. I don't, I kind of have a sourness, sour face. I get this, like, energy from her that, like, she just likes to party for some reason. And I don't know. When we got in the house, she, like, turns around. She's like, you know, that really makes me happy, but it makes me just happy just like being here with you too, like in the house. And I felt like that statement to me was almost like a, I see that you didn't want to do this and I'm letting you know and reassuring you that I'm good with just being home too. We get into like a big blowout argument about how like, I'm like, 
you're wearing these like skimpy outfits, like you're out, like you want to drink so much. It seems like that's what you want to do. Like that's the phase of your life that you're in. I'm not in that. I want to stay inside. I like to like, you know, do my healthy habits. And it just seems like we're not on the same page. But then she's telling me, she's like, Chris, I just want to do what you want to do. Like I, it makes me happy when you're happy. So essentially it's this back and forth communication of us being like, you know, me telling her that like authentically she doesn't like, we don't live the same lifestyle in a way, even though again, she's here for four days. So I don't even know what her lifestyle really is. Although she was here before and it was all business. So, you know, I'm fucking, we get into another fight and honestly, they both kind of feel like they're triggered by me in some ways. And I don't know what that is. I really don't. We make up. Everything's fine. And honestly, she ends up staying an extra night. She was supposed to leave on Monday night. She ends up leaving on Tuesday uh, morning instead. But all good vibes. Then the whole next day, we stay in. We get some stuff done. We feel good. She makes me dinner. Um, I, I bring her some flowers. Everything is just vibes, right? Everything is good. And we're on the same page. Because, you know, I, I, I feel like I do believe her. I, I do believe that she really does like me like that. I do believe that. She does want me to just be happy. Um, but the hard part is, is like, you know, when you meet somebody and, and they say that their happiness is derived from me being happy or you being happy, the only thing with that is, is like, I feel like that's said, but underneath, once you get deep, resentment will start to build if you guys are not on the same page. If you feel that you're sacrificing yourself to be with me? Like, are you really going to be okay if I'm like sitting and working and we're not doing the same things? Do we really have the same interests? I don't know that. The thing is, I don't have enough information. And this, these are some of the questions that I've been asking myself about this person is like, okay, like I do like her. Like we obviously have a connection. We obviously have a lot of love. Um, but like, are we really aligned in the things that we truly want? Because it seems like we sort of are in some ways, but like we sort of aren't in a lot of other ways. And I guess what I really need to see is like, okay, if we actually hang out and you're here and we spend a lot of time together, are like, are you going to get fatigued by my lifestyle? Am I going to get fatigued by the things that you want to do? Are we truly in alignment about the things that we want? So we have a conversation after she leaves and it's pretty much just like, all right, like, what are we doing? You know, like, what do we say? And Obviously, we're more connected at this point. When she leaves, you know, I'm not here trying to sleep with any anybody else. I'm not I'm not looking at anybody else in the way that I look at her. So we have a conversation. And I'm like, what are I said? What are your needs and what are mine? I was like, I told her I was like, my needs are I was like consistency, reliability, and good communication, um, and just show up for me, be positive, right? Like that's it. That's all I that's all I want from you. And she turns around, she's just like, she's like, I want loyalty. You know, I want you to not put me in uncomfortable situations. Um, and she's like, also like, you know, I want you to show up for me. And she's like, you never mentioned me being with other people. She's like, I didn't, I didn't know that's what you needed. I was like, if that's what you're telling me to do, then obviously yes for you. Like, I don't really want you to do that. And this is where like this gray area of this relationship is like, this is where it's sitting. The problem is, is like, I feel like what she's wanting and needing from me is kind of just like boyfriend, which is understandable, right? We, you know, we're at this juncture that we're at right now. But again, in my view, I'm like, I just don't feel like we're at that place yet for me to say yes or no. You know, it's a big deal for me to be with somebody. And 
it's it's different. Like for me to have that pride to present you to everyone, my social media, the things that I'm doing, I want to be sure. You know what I mean? And we haven't had the miles in person to for me to determine that. And I, and I think she's on the same page about that. But essentially, I feel like we we agree to this relationship without a label, right? This relationship without uh, any real title or anything like that. And we have a conversation about boundaries. And, you know, the we talk about how I was like, I have a lot of like, you know, friends that are girls and sometimes I might, you know, be around them and with work and stuff like that too. And we have this conversation and I pretty much tell her and I'm like, yo, like I promise you I won't hang out one-on-one with anybody that I've had sex with. I get how that could be uncomfortable, but I was like, if I've never had sex with them or we don't have that type of relationship, then it is what it is. And when she agrees and she's like, all right, fine. That makes sense. I can do that. Next couple of days, she's supposed to fly to another part of the country uh, in the U.S. before she goes to Europe. And she's going to be there for a couple of days. I don't want to say the place, but just somewhere in the Northeast. When she, we're fine. Like when she's back home where she is, everything is good. We're texting, you know, we're, you know, calling on the phone here and there. One night we don't, it's fine. Everything's good. I definitely still feel a little of eeriness, right? Like, cause like I trust her, but I also feel like, uh, I don't know. When she goes there, we talked on the phone before she gets on the flight. My issues start popping up again. And this is where it kind of like really started to get weird. Like I'm just at the gym. I'm working out. She's like, oh, I just got here. We're going to go here. Um, I was like, all right, you know, cool. I was like, you know, that place is awesome. Like, you know, hope you're doing great. I don't hear from her for like an hour and a half, almost like an hour and 40 minutes. And that's wild because what the fuck am I even saying right now? And what I mean by that is, is like, bro, this girl has shown me that she cares. She hasn't really fucked on me. She's shown me her phone. And I still feel really triggered. Um, and this was something we actually talked about in person on Sunday night. And I actually cried a little bit, just a, like a like a little tear. But I was explaining to her the reason why I felt the way I did or, or why I do this to people and why I'm so hard. I feel like on people in my relationships and I've had this pattern of, you know, getting like almost like jealous, but almost like it's weird because the reason I'm jealous is because nothing is really set in stone. And because nothing is set in stone, it almost feels like they have free reign. It's right. It's like I have this, I have both avoidant and sometimes anxious tendencies, which is shitty that I have both, but, and we're going to get into it. It's a lot about my upbringing, but I pretty much told her, I was like, yo, you got to understand something. Like when I was a kid, like my parents went through like a pretty nasty divorce, no contact. And here's the thing is like, we, we, we tend to just like, you know, look at those things and just be like, ah, you know, we could just learn from them and kind of brush them off. But the reality is, is like a lot of us are living the wounds of our childhood. We're living the wounds of our adolescence. And as much as we don't pay attention to them, they're very controlling. And what I mean, what I mean by that is like, my dad wasn't really there. Like he was very distant, you know? He didn't show up for me in that way. 
And on top of that, I had a very controlling and, and strict mom, but also was distant as well. She was working so much. And growing up, like, I would go to school. I had a lot of rules on me, number one. Like, I couldn't have girls at the house. I couldn't do certain things. I had to be home at a certain time. But, like, when I went to school, I would then go to after school. So I, I went to school, for like, you know, 8 in the morning, got dropped off, go to an after school program, which I fucking hated, right? Which is pretty much just, like, school times two, which is I go to a place, you know, we play around a little bit, we mess around, but then we do homework, we get like a little snack. And next thing you know, it's like, you know, your parents are all supposed to pick you up whenever they're done with work, right? It's that extra time. It's not three o'clock. It's like, you know, five or six o'clock that you get picked up by your parents. But like, I was always the kid where, you know, sometimes I wouldn't know like who was going to pick me up. And there was a lot of times where like, I would say 90% of the time I was the last kid to go home. And there'd be times where like, I'd be the last kid in the room no other kids, all the kids went home and like, you know, like I'd have to just wait till my mom gets there at like six thirty, seven o'clock at night. And that's on like a weekly basis. You understand what I'm saying? Like, that's not like it was just sometimes. So I think I kind of grew up a little bit with just this idea that I've built that even the people that love you might not show up for you, you know? And like, even with like my dad and shit and like my mom, like my basketball games, like I would always go with my friends and my friend's parents. Like my friend's parents were always at the games. Like my mom, my dad, like weren't, didn't really make a lot of them sometimes, you know? So I feel in some way like, I grew up with very like emotionally distant parents and I didn't get a lot of reassurance growing up, you know, I never, and then I think I built this life where I've pretty much relied on not getting reassurance, right? Like look how hyper independent I am. Um, a lot of my relationships are very cyclical, which is, you know, I, I'm pretty avoidant and anxious. So I meet these women who are probably great. I find all these flaws. I find all these reasons that they're lying, that they're doing something, always blaming them for things that they can't maybe control. I take this really, and that's what avoidance do, right? It's like we don't, we avoid that intimacy. We push away the anxious ones, right? Or the love addicts, they push on more because their wound is that they need to keep grasping for love because they don't want to be abandoned, right? It's that fear of abandonment. The more they cling on, the more I push away, the more I feel like empowered to be fucking independent. And I just break them down, to be honest. That's what happens. Eventually, it just hits a point where I push and push and push and push and push until they either break or I eventually just realize what I'm doing and say to myself, okay, I can't do this anymore because I'm hurting you. Long story short, you know, when this girl's away from me, my trust issues are elevated at a million. Like, I, I can't function. I can't work. I'm at the gym and I can't even do my set because I'm sitting there thinking like, when is this girl going to send me a fucking text message? So, you know, that night or it was like Friday, everything was fine. Like, 
she, uh, oh, well, sorry. And let me back up a little bit. This is Friday, right? This, this last weekend. And, you know, we've been away for about four or five days at this point. Again, those feelings are creeping back. Um, and yeah, she took the flight, she goes, right? And then again, that text message earlier in the day, I invited my friend to hang out. Now this friend happens to be a woman and no, I've never slept with her or done anything like that. And truly is a friendship. This is the person I went to that lunch with, right? Where I was like, wow, we really connected. She's a therapist, all that kind of stuff. Um, and I was like, all right, let me spend a night with her. She said she wanted to smoke at some point. So let's chill. So I hit her up earlier in the day. I was like, yo, let's hang out. It just happened to be that it was the same night that I was feeling this weird way about this girl being in this other place. So I'm sitting there with her and she comes over and she's like, yo, like, you know what I mean? She could tell that my energy is off. And again, now this is the second Friday night in a row where like, I'm feeling hella anxious and I'm feeling hella weird. Like I'm ruining my friend's time almost. And I'm not ruining their time, but you know, it's consuming me so much that I can't think or talk about anything else. We're sitting there. We're sitting there. Eventually this girl texts me. Um, she's like, Hey, like, you know, I've got this shirt on and like, you know, I'm repelling all the men or something. And I'm just like, Oh, cool. You know? And then she eventually like an hour or so later, she messages me, say, Hey, I'm back. Like, I'm going to go to sleep. Like, what are you doing? And I said, you know, doing some art and I took a little bit of shrooms. Me and this, my friend that I was with, we decided to do some artwork. Um, we went to Michael's, picked up some supplies, came back, took some shrooms and we were just going to make some art. Uh, but during this whole time, like, you know, we're just having deep conversations about like why I feel the way I do, like the trust issues I'm having, the anxiety that I'm feeling right now in the moment uh, and just telling her how like, like, it's so fucking hard with me with this situation. I'm like, this girl's like, you know, she's she's was with me for four days. I'm unsure about her. Now we're doing this half-ass thing. I'm feeling fucking anxious all the time. Like, I don't even know if I can, I can't, I like, I, I almost want to stop this relationship because of how much this shit is consuming me. Like, I can't work. I can't get the things done that I want to. I'm not at peace. And it's not even her fault. And that's the craziest part. It's not even like something that she's doing. It's just me internally. I'm, I'm fucking crumbling. So, you know, we share a lot of these thoughts. Like, you know, how, again, I was telling her the story about the trust issues and, and, and things like that. And, you know, it, it, it's, it's deep. Like this whole issues, like the issues that I have with the intimacy and relationships. Um, you know, I, I've been, I've been reading this book called the, the truth by Neil Strauss. It's a guy who wrote the, the game. Um, and the game is a book about how to essentially like get women. Right. Um, and then eventually, um, he writes this book called the truth, which is about him trying to get into an intimate relationship after just, you know, sexualizing, I guess, women. And he ends up cheating on this girl. That's like, there's no issues. There's no problem. And he's wondering why he's cheating on her. Now, the difference between me and him is I've never like cheated and I think what happens is, is like, once I start getting that feeling of like, all right, this isn't everything or this relationship isn't enough, or I start thinking another girl is attractive or something like that. I end the relationship. I'm not going to cheat, but I'm going to end it. But that's why a lot of my relationships, they go three months. You know what I'm saying? It's this cycle of like never, ever actually being able to create some stability with somebody. Right. 
Um, so he goes and he he gets uh, goes to rehab essentially for like being a sex addict. Now, granted, I'm not a sex addict, but a lot of the things are very sick, like streamlined with this person, right? The the guy who wrote this book, like he's this guy who is very like me where like in the beginning didn't really get girls. Now he like, he has all this women attention because he wrote this book. He has a huge social media following and now he's trying to be in a functional relationship and he can't. And I relate a lot to that because that's been me. That's been my life too. And here's something that I realized and is very cyclical. Like there's some things that I pulled from it that I think can really help other people that are like me, but also for women maybe to understand the other side. And I think it's just avoidance in general, but, um, the theory of sex addiction. And to me, this is just the theory of, um, why people act out is that when you feel out of control or disempowered, you sneak around or act out sexually to reestablish control and regain sense of self. Now, for me, I don't think it's about me acting out sexually, but this, uh, so let me go back to the story. So she wakes up the next day to me telling her that I was doing art and shrooms. We get into a conversation and I pretty much tell her and I communicate to her. I was like, Hey, like this is what happened last night. I was feeling super anxious. And when I say this is what happened, she was like, Oh, like who did you do that with? I was like, Oh, I did it with my girlfriend, girl space friend you know, like just friend. I didn't say girlfriend. I just said friend. I did art with my friend who is a girl. Uh, obviously she's not happy about that because she's like, you made me. And she asked, she said, all right, like when were you guys hanging out to? I was like, I don't know, like two 30. And she's freaking out because I had a girl one-on-one in my house. Now, granted, I've never had sex with this person. I don't have sexual intentions with this person. It legitimately, like it just felt good to be around somebody that understood me. And here's the other thing too. I've been telling you guys how like, I've been trying to acquire friendships that are more real than people just going out to the bar. And this person fits the bill. She's older. She's in the therapy. Like she's a therapist and just really in alignment with a lot of the things that I'm learning and teaching. And the conversation is great. And we're just connecting. But again, on a friendship level, obviously the girl that I'm talking to freaks out, right? She's like, this makes you feel uncomfortable. You knew that was going to hurt me. That's why you didn't tell me. And the reason I didn't say anything, I guess, in the moment is uh, when I said I'm doing art and shrooms, I figured she would ask me, like, who are you with? But she fell asleep, woke up the next day. I should have said in that message, doing art with blank, you know, obviously the girl. Um, so anyway, she's like, you knew that you would do something that would disrespect me. You knew I wasn't going to like that you were with her. That's why you didn't say it in the moment, because you knew I would have called you. You knew I would have freaked out. And I was like, kind of like, yeah, like, why would I want you to ruin that moment for you to freak out because of my friend? Like, I, it's just my friend. And this is the problem that me and this girl have where I'm like, we're not dating. Like, you're, you're expecting boundaries on me that I would give to a girlfriend. No offense. And obviously, again, I understand because if she did the same thing back to me, I would freak the fuck out, right? I have these insane trust issues. So it's like I'm stuck between a rock and a hard place. It's like, what am I supposed to not have friends or do anything like that? But at the same time, we're like pseudo dating. It's just fucking hard, man. And again, back to this thing that I was saying, though, it's right. It's like when I when you feel out of control or disempowered, you sneak around. And I think maybe inadvertently me hanging out with this person is me like, quote unquote, sneaking around. 
You know what I mean? Because I'm trying to regain that sense of self, that sense of, oh, Chris, you're not in a relationship. You could, you could just hang out with this girl as a friend. And I think that's a lot of my negative patterns, right? It's like, yeah, on one hand, I do actually, I do really want, I, I will hang out with this person again. And I even said that to her. Like it, it's not even like that. I swear it's not even like that. But at the same time, I, I feel like I knew that she wouldn't like that. So why did I do that? And that's where the conflict between like, you know, being selfish and then wanting this relationship, right? Where I'm in conflict. So this is where everything is kind of getting really tricky for me because I feel like all of my issues are kind of coming together at once, right? And this is a classic anxious avoidant trap. So it's like my my avoidance, it's my anxiousness in the relationship, it's her anxiousness towards me, right? Sticking with me, trying to do everything to please me, and I'm creating that distance between us. On top of that, it's my trust issues underlying. Um, and also a couple of things I want to mention too. Um, you know, again, I, I'm not a sex addict, right? It's not that, but again, it's just this idea of like constantly chasing this intimacy everywhere else, like besides your relationship, right? And you want to hear some crazy statistics. 88% of sex addicts come from emotionally disengaged families. Think about the story I just told. 77% come from rigid or strict families. 68% say their families were both distant and strict. Usually for a sex addict, the mother is strict and punishing, check mark, and dad is distant and unemotional, check mark. Um, and what they say is, sex is used as an emotionally safe way of getting affection, acceptance, and comfort, which you didn't have as a child. So essentially, it's this idea because my parents were, again, distant from me and my mom was so controlling and on top of me, um, it's, it's kind of like I'm lashing out and I'm doing all the things that I didn't get to do as a kid, right? Be with all the women, do all the things, get all this um, highs, all this intensity that I wasn't allowed to have by my mom. And also at the same time, I would get acceptance and emotional safety and comfort from those interactions. And in essence, if you really look at a lot of the relationships that I've had or just even little ones, right? When you're just doing that and you're just going out there and sleeping with whoever, I feel like that's what it, what you're really doing is you're trying to create these like connections. And if you sleep with somebody, it's almost like you get that closeness, you get that you know, the, these women that just want to stay with you and be with you and you feel loved in that moment, but you're just chasing a high, right? You're just chasing one little, uh, moment, but it's fleeting and it's not stable. And I feel like that's the, the part that I'm missing out of all of this. Right. And again, I, I don't identify as like somebody that's sex. I'm not like sitting here having sexual thoughts all day. I work a lot. I don't really even do it like that, but it's just this idea of I'm trying to put the pieces together to understand why I have not been able to find and be in a very secure relationship. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that I wasn't really shown that growing up. I didn't really have the, the emotional acceptance from my, my parents, you know? And what I need to do is I need to relinquish that shame from the child that experienced those things, you know? Like, 
get the anger out that like, yo, dad, like you weren't fucking there. Like, yo, mom, stop trying to fucking control me. You know, that's on you. But I got to stop acting out that bullshit shame because that's what's really happening is I got to I got to be above that and forgive them and say, okay, that's what they that's what they were meant to do, I guess, or that's how they were raised. That's how they were put into the situation. It is what it is. I'm not holding any animosity against either of them. I love both of them dearly. But I got to start living for Chris. I got to start I got to start doing things that make sense for me. And what's funny is, is like, uh, you know, in a lot of these things that they were talking about is how like, like the mom in, in this guy's life, and, I, and I'm realizing it for my mom too, it's like, she's always like been so skeptical of all the people that I've been with and dated and things like that. And I don't think to the degree of like really pushing them away. But even when I've gone to her about like these situations before, like even this girl specifically, you know, it's, it's almost like one of those, like, oh, don't worry about it. Like, you're going to be fine. Like, you know, it is what it is. Just kind of just like the same thing that she tells me about everything that I come to her with, you know, emotionally, which is just like, you know, you just learn from it. You'll be fine. Like, don't worry about it. Like you don't really need that. You don't really need them. Long story short of all this. So me and this, you know, girl are talking on the phone and I'm telling her like, you know, she's upset. Like she's, she's really upset about like me not telling her about the girl. And I said to her, I was like, listen, I need to take accountability for the fact that I should have told you that I was with her number one. And to be honest, to make you feel safe, I should not have met up with her at my house. I should have met up with her in a public setting to make you feel more safe. And I owed her that. And that was messed up on my part big time. Because I know for a fact that she was doing that to me, I, I would not feel good. I wasn't feeling good when she doesn't answer me for an hour and a half. She's not even doing anything. But a lot of these things are the wounds that I have. And I'm recognizing that like, I, I might need to be alone. I might need to just like, and, and so she told me that she's done. She's done with the patterns. Like this is a pattern and she's done. And I'm just like, dude, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta love myself. You know, like I gotta heal this shit. I gotta recognize that. You know, I, I, I'm not my dad. I'm not going to be emotionally distant from my children. I'm not like I, I can love somebody. I, I can trust somebody. But the other thing is too, is like, I don't want to do long distance. And that is something that's huge for me too. And I'm recognizing that I can't do that right now. It's just not, it's just not viable for my mental health and my peace. When I am alone, I feel perfectly okay. Do I feel good right now with this situation and her telling me that she doesn't want to be with me uh, right now in this moment? Yeah, I mean, it doesn't feel good. I mean, at the end of the day, she's gone. Who knows what's going to happen when she comes back? Who knows if she's even going to talk to me and respond to me? I sent her this really long message. And honestly, fuck it. I said I wasn't going to fucking share all this, but it is what it is because this is my fucking life. But this is this is what I said to her, like kind of like a final text. And, and, and the one thing too is she gets mad at me about like, is this real or is this a content? I'm like, no, this shit is all real. This shit is all, none of this is made up for content. This isn't for fucking views. This is real fucking life. This is exactly how I feel direct. I said the distance makes me go crazy. I wish it didn't affect me so much. I feel like it does because I'm not ready to dive full in. Although I don't want to be with somebody else. Yet, I know we have a lot more to explore and learn about each other. 
The intensity of this relationship is both real and taxing. I don't want to say I acted out because I spent time with someone I genuinely thought could be a really good friend for me and is really in alignment with me, but that will never take away from my relationship with you. It's not someone who I have waiting in the wings. And it's not someone who I'm attempting to be with in a sexual fashion. I know I didn't communicate effectively. And a lot of that was me pr protecting myself from dealing with it in the moment. But I should have said something. It wasn't to hurt you or to make you look stupid or to make you feel some type of way. I was like, this distant energy makes me feel weird. And I start acting in protest because that's what I do, right? As soon as I feel weird energy and it might not even be them, when I have these trust issues, what do I do? I take a long time to answer. I don't answer right back. What is that? That's protest behavior. I'm protesting it instead of communicating immediately. And how much, how many of us do this? Someone doesn't do something that we like. And instead of addressing it to them directly, we take long to answer. We indirectly communicate by not saying anything. And I just, I don't want to do these things anymore. And I know I don't want to be that version for her. It's not fair. Um, and I was like, I opened up to you about how hard it is for me to love and trust people. I hope you understand that I do respect you and I want you to be happy. And every time we have these conversations, it kills me to hear that you feel the way you do. That's the hardest part is I don't want to hurt you. I want to protect you. But I'm also at the space in the relationship where I'm not ready to fully commit. I've, we've only spent four days in person in the last few months. And we still don't even know how available we can be with each other even when you get back. I was like, I do see you as someone where I want to give that chance to when the time is right. But I was like, in the meantime, I'm going to be there for you if you need me. And if you don't want to talk, I understand. I don't want you to feel anxious. I truly want to focus on my work and my friendships, not sexual relationships. And that's with talking to you or not. And I said, that's a promise. And that's just kind of where I'm at, where I'm like, I need to find my peace. I need to find my happiness on my own. I need to find that drive for my work again. Like, like that's what I'm trying to say. Like, I feel like my creative energy my energy in its totality is being sapped. I don't feel the same. And it's because I feel like I'm not loving myself deep enough. It feels like I'm not accepting of, of the person that I truly am. And I don't sometimes feel lovable. Like sometimes I, I feel that like, and, and this is weird to say, like, like maybe I'm not enough. And I think that's a lot of the reasons why sometimes I, I do this in relationships. Now, granted, I feel like I'm being very critical in this moment of myself, my feelings, and all these things, and I'm analyzing them very deeply. Do I really think I'm that far away from being able to be secure in something? No, I really don't. But I'll tell you what it is, is when you're wounded and you're dating like that, you have to remember that you're going to attract somebody also wounded, but that complements your wound, aka the anxious avoidant trap, right? If that's how you are, you're going to attract that. And you need to remember something. And even in this book, it talks about it where it's like, this guy is, is the one who cheated, right? And we always assume that, oh, it's one person's problem. It's one person's fault. But the reality is, is anytime you're in a relationship and you're having issues, it's both of your problem. It's both of your fault. It's not just his. It's not just mine, right? It's not. This is not just me. I'm attracting somebody that also has certain wounds that is just happens to be compatible with mine, right? This person is deeply anxious, right? She's telling me that her happiness is derived from me. And she also has divorced parents and a whole other set of things as well. 
I guess my whole point is you're going to keep attracting those types of people. You think that if you think that everybody else is the problem in a relationship, you're wrong. You're dead wrong. Because the reality is, is you're the one that's attracting and accepting that behavior. If you were truly healed and you were secure in a relationship, you wouldn't allow some of the bullshit that you probably do. So what I think it takes is, I think it takes some work. I think it takes some being on your own. I think it takes some analyzing your, your family tree, the, the way that your parents treated you, like looking at it in the face, letting that anger out, letting that shame out uh, at how they didn't show up for you, but then forgiving them for it, not sitting there and festering on it and living your life through that wound, right? Because that's what I've been doing is living this teenage bullshit life that I didn't have when I was a kid. Look at my fucking tattoos and shit. All this shit is pretty much me saying to my mom, yo, I'm my own fucking person, dog. You can't control me. And then I'm looking for that love and acceptance from all these fucking people and I'm not really giving a damn. And I just think like above all in life and like I think that's where I'm at, right? Even I'm realizing with the content and stuff like that, like all this external validation and, and stuff like that, like I feel like I'm not at the place where I've truly like fell in love with myself. I'm not at that place where I've truly like looked in the mirror and been truly happy with everything that I am, accepting all the parts of me, even the parts that I don't like. You know, I... I advertise myself as somebody that's very non-confrontational, non-angry, all that kind of stuff. But the reality is I probably have a lot of anger and angst underneath all this shit. And I just never like let it out because I was silenced as a kid. You know, like I watched shit go down, bro. Like I, I watched my parents get physical. And what did I do? I went into the room and I shut the door. And I know that, and I guess that's something that's like hard for me is like, that's how I grew up. And like your, your family dynamic shapes who you are. And the reality is, is like in my dynamic of my family, I was like kind of the black sheep in a way where, you know, my mom and my brother would get into these like heated arguments and they would fight hysterically. And I would just sit there quiet and just watch them. I remember just like sometimes playing video games, like sitting there with my headphones on, like watching a cell phone get thrown across the fucking room, yelling, punishments, all this crazy shit. And I just sat there and I just let it go and I ignored it. And now that I look back at it too, bro, I was listening to some like heavy metal music, some really angry ass music. And I was a really chipper kid. Like I was really happy and shit. And that's what's like weird about all of this is like through all of this, like, I'm not a down person. Like I'm a, I'm a very like, I'm a light. You know what I mean? Like I'm a, I'm a positive, optimistic type of person. But I think that's the thing is like, it's almost like, you know how they say like the happiest people sometimes can be the saddest. It's like, you know, I have all this light to me, but I think there's a lot of darkness underneath. And I think what I did was I just masked a lot of it, like a lot of my darkness with just all this optimism and all this like pseudo- Happiness, but it was never built on something truly, truly accepting and loving. 
And that's not to say that like, you know, my family doesn't love me and care for me. My mom loves me. She was there for me. You know, she did everything she could. She fucking did it. Like, bro, like when my dad like kind of left, like she didn't really have a job. She had a fucking hustle. She had to do what she had to do. And that's why she probably became so hardened in the first place because she fucking needed to. But what it's about is it's about reflecting on that and, and not getting into the same cycle. And when I look back at my family tree, like, bro, I've never met any of my grandfathers. My dad's side, my grandfather wasn't there and my grandma raised my dad. And when I look at it, my dad wasn't really there and my mom raised me. I got to break the cycle. And I think that's what it is. And like all this work that I do and I help people with relationships and dating, it's not false because I have the information. I know it. But when it comes to yourself, you still need to get work. Every therapist has a therapist. You know, every coach has a coach because I could see a lot of people's patterns because I've done the work. But the reality is when it comes to yourself, like they're still controlling me. You don't ever leave the shadow, right? Your shadow never, your shadow never uh, goes away from you. You can't escape. It's only about like looking back, recognizing it, realizing it and learning to live with it and learning not to allow those reactions Right When I feel myself getting distant or trying to run away, I, I try to now, what I try to do is I try to communicate and say, oh, that makes me feel anxious and weird. Hey, that didn't make me feel good. But I hate doing that sometimes too because I'm like, fuck, like, are they going to take it the wrong way? Is it going to be too much? I still have that hesitation. But it's about growing out of that. It's about, it's about trying to, to be above that. But you got to look inwards and you got to look at that fucking little child. And the way that he was treated and again, just stop, stop living that wound. Stop living that shame. Cause that's what I'm saying. It's like, uh, you know, I'm too developed at this point where I, I shouldn't be having those behaviors and it should's a bad word. You know, it's, it's obviously it's a, it's a thing that's a pattern, but it's hard to look at yourself in the mirror. It's easy to look at everybody else's problems and as an avoidant as well. Uh, one thing I did write down too was one second avoidance, get their worth from taking care of needy people. Look at my job, you know, in, in a way it's like, I love that my, I feel like my calling my, my thing is, is helping people that are in need. And then I date these very needy, very anxious people as well. I attract that like a magnet, which shows my probably deep avoidance. But we got we to gotta break it, you know? Um, and I think that there's a lot that I can learn. And I, I think by me learning and, and fixing that, hopefully it, it could help the person that I'm talking to help her with that too. Because I feel like she's got a lot of things as well that we probably need to work on. But I, I guess the long story short of all this is this. You know, when I sit here and I analyze all this and I, and I take a look at it, I'm like, damn. All right. New leaf. Like, Right now, it's time to turn it over. I got to get into myself. Like, not fuck myself, but you know, <laughs> you know, like, like really, like, f- learn to love myself deeply. Um, you know, I got to let go of the, the bullshit sexual relationships, right? I can't get my acceptance and my worth and my love from bullshit sex. It's got to be real connection. So building friendships, right? Critical. 
you know, getting into that shame, getting into that wound. All right. You know, dad, you, you weren't fucking there really, but it's okay. You know what I mean? I'm not going to be that. I'm not going to be you. I'm going to reverse that. Um, and again, really learning to love myself for exactly who I am, accept myself, get into my healthy habits. Um, and then the last thing is, is like, you know, take a break if I need to, you know, I've been feeling burnt out. I've been feeling like, God damn, I'm like, the problem is, is I'm trying to fix this, my relationship, my, uh, my brand online, uh, you know, trying to do so much at once. I don't even realize that I'm probably doing so much at once and I'm, I'm losing my mind. But what I want to get back to is that deep passion for my own life, right? That, that bring that creativity back into my work. Bring that passion for helping people and, and creating funny shit and insightful shit. And ultimately like healing myself so that I could be in a fucking functional relationship. And maybe by the time this girl gets back, maybe we give it a try. Maybe if she can be here or maybe it's I'm meant to be alone and maybe we're not meant to be together. Maybe she never talks to me ever again. But to be honest, I need to get comfortable with that. I need to get comfortable with the circumstances I'm at right now. Because the results that I have in my life right now, which I truly believe are mediocre, I feel like uh, the way I've been acting, the way I've been feeling needs to improve. It needs to improve. And I just hope like I really could look at all those things that, you know, are bothering me and take accountability because the reality is, is like I've been moping around a lot. I've been procrastinating a lot. I've been under intense anxiety a lot. Over the last couple of months. Um, and I think that I've also sometimes been using this girl to feel good. And again, I, I think it's just another example of me not truly loving myself and trying to gain that acceptance and love from everything else besides me. You know, this is this is a time for me to like I I think I put on my story that I might try to like not have sex for like two months. And I, that's like, we're laughing cause it's like, you know, it doesn't seem like that difficult, but like, I think that's where I really need to get to. I think I really need to get to the place of like, all right, let's eliminate that for a while and let's just see what happens when we just hang out with ourselves for a little bit and we just spend time with ourselves. We hopefully can reignite those creative juices, reignite the passion that I have for making videos and doing this job and it's not even a job like doing my life that I love because I really do love it. I built an amazing life for myself and let's see if we can move forward doing the right thing and not acting like a fucking child. Yeah. Executing on the things that really make me happy and also really helping people in their journeys and through their patterns because to be honest, I feel like I have a gift in that way. Here we go. Through my own horn already. I know today's podcast wasn't as fucking fun and amazing. I promise you that they're going to be more lighthearted moving forward. I promise they're going to be more energetic. They're more, you name it, it's going to be better energy. But the reality is this is the authenticity, right? This is the way I feel right now. This is the energy that I'm on. Um, and that's okay because this is, this is real. All right, I'll see you next week.